Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, May 26th, 2023. We got Luke back with us today. It feels like it's been a while since you were on the Tuesday episode last week. Yeah, I know. There was like a an awkward big gap that I'm not used to, but um, I, I'm refreshed and I am very ready to go despite this late recording. <laughs> yes, it, it is a, a quite late one. Both of us have had ra- relatively long days, but... Nonetheless, we got to do it for you, and we're going to start it out in the MLB, talk a little bit of NFL news as well, walk you through all of the scenarios left for the final week of the Premier League season, and then we'll round it out with top three, bottom three NFL jerseys. Very excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, but let's go ahead and start in the MLB. Luke, what have you liked this past week? I, I think the elephant in the room is Anthony Volpe. His first yeah. career walk-off versus Baltimore, and it was a sack fly in the 10th. I don't even give a shit. This kid, I mean, maybe it's just the Yankee media that I follow, but I, I hear about him at least four times a day. Um, and it's not annoying. I, I love this kid. And, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that he hit his first career walk-off. He's, uh, he's had a lot of first careers this season, um, and he just continues to impress everybody. Yeah. Definitely been a huge impact player for the Yankees, even though like, you know, his role is kind of limited by the fact that there is so many other key factors on that team. But uh, I think that he's done a great job of kind of using the relatively small sample size that we see him using it to his advantage and making himself look very good. Exactly. And I, he doesn't come off to me as somebody that, you know, is one of those players that the ball is definitely too big for him in New York. He he seems to be taking, you know, all the media attention pretty well and he just seems like a well-rounded good young kid. I'm I'm very happy and excited for this guy. Yeah, I think that when it comes to young guys coming up with the Yankees, they typically get a little it seems like at least they get acclimated to the New York media pretty quickly because it's kind of the first major league you know, it is the first major league environment they've been a part of. Whereas some other guys that, you know, they have success elsewhere and then they come to New York, they haven't seen this in the majors yet. Whereas, you know, a young guy coming up, this is his first experience. He can adapt to it quickly. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, with guys like um, even Harrison Bader, him and Anthony Volpe, I think were actually Yankees fans growing up. And, you know, both different situations. Of course, Volpe's been brought up through the system. Harrison Bader was a trade last season. And I, I feel like, you know, the fan connection definitely has something to do with it as well. But who knows? It definitely could. Uh, but I'm going to keep it with the AL East because I got to talk about Blue Jays Rays. This series was wild. So the Rays win the first two games of the series, 6-3, 7-3. And then the Blue Jays just come out and absolutely stomp on Taj Bradley and the rest of this Rays, uh, you know, bullpen, the Rays put up 20. It was a 20 to one victory and crazy stuff happened in this one. Obviously, uh, a handful of home runs, uh, the Rays really just could not get it going. And the big thing here is the Rays run differential after this one. So that loss on Tuesday, dropped their run differential on the season to plus 107. The Rangers, on that same day, won 6-1, raising their run differential on the season to 111, and no other team is 50 runs 
or is within 50 runs of the Rays or the Rangers. Dang, who would have thought, dude? Think about that. You lose by 19 runs, and nobody is within 50 of you. Oh, man. And and the records there are kind of different, too. Yeah, definitely. Like the Rays, the Rays right now sit at 35 and 15. I, I don't even just, I think Texas has won 30 games, but definitely not 35. Yeah, I can actually check here. Unless you beat me to it. Uh, I might. We'll see. Uh, uh, 31 and 18. Yep. You saw it at the same yeah. time. So, yeah. Not look, that's not too much of a difference. They're two of the best teams in baseball right now. Uh, sure. You know, far and away. But I think it's safe to say that these offenses have been absolutely insane. And both of them have certainly been helped out by the strength of their pitching. I think... The Rays probably epitomize the strength of the pitching and the strength of the hitting, though their run differential is lower at the moment. But the Rangers, I think they they certainly have the offense, but I think they've done a better job pitching from what I've seen. I like that take. Um, I I sent this to you earlier in the week. Were, Were you done with that topic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Ryan Walker's windup and like tunneling pitch release, whatever you want to call it. What in the fuck that seems to me. And, and I think in that video clip that I sent to you earlier, Grace, and it had like uh he threw a couple sliders. Hey, I, I don't even understand. I, I don't, I don't get it. That slider is starting to the right side of the plate, seeing the entire plate and breaking out of the strike zone to the left. Yeah, but then when you're talking oh, release, like when you're talking release point, if you line it up, his release point is like behind a right-handed hitter's back. That's it's completely unfair, and his sinker looked pretty nasty too because he's yeah. releasing, like you said, uh, exaggerated, you know, to the right. But his sinker is breaking to the left at 96 miles an hour. Yeah, it, it's crazy, and like. It, just the the pitches he's throwing and the fact that he can throw that far outright and still get this like it it almost curves inward some like he gets some like arm side movement but it's not like a two seam or a normal sinker from somebody that's going to throw straight over the top where it's going to come in pretty straight and then tail his comes back in like it it goes left and comes back right and it is the scariest thing I've ever watched. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, like someone needs to patch this guy. He's a glitch in the game. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable, and I can't wait to see more of him because he's—he's just—it's a goofy windup, but it looks overpowered as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. But if we're talking about nasty pitching, we got to talk about the Twins and Johan Duran because oh my oh, god, the I'm pitch, you beat me through this. <laughs> the pitch sequences from Wednesday's game versus the Giants were absolutely mean and he didn't even throw that many pitches i think he threw 13 pitches all of them were highlights like we saw 103 plus on all fastballs every one of his fastballs was 103 plus i believe he tapped 104 three times maxed out at 104.6 he had three splitters between 100.3 and 100.9 miles per hour and two curveballs both at 90 miles an hour. Did you just say a splitter at 100 miles an hour? Yes. What? 
It is, is that, absolutely is that, fucking ridiculous. It has to be like the fastest off-speed pitch ever thrown. It's certainly up there. Yeah, um, and actually, I, I'm glad you didn't take this, but that 104.6 was the fastest pitch in the MLB this season, and his, he had the game-winning strikeout that was 104 flat. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> crazy, especially that we can talk about this, and he pitched .2 innings. Yeah, that's... um. <laughs> he faced dang, three that, batters. <laughs> that is, that's serious, serious speed. Um, I'm going to keep it with pitchers, though, Grayson, and I'm going to highlight a 43-year-old, Rich Hill. Yes, sir. That old-ass man had a 9K <laughs> game, and I loved every second of it. I, I just, like, and I know we've highlighted it many times on this podcast, but watching the old guys from, like, our childhood still pitch well, or, you know, play well in general, it's just phenomenal. I love seeing it. Yeah, and to go back to the Twins real quick, this is just a funny story. Well, not even. This is just funny news. Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Twins, his wife, Allie, announced that she is expecting twins this year. Hell yeah. That is so weird. Like, <laughs> what like yeah. an interesting coincidence <laughs> that he, your husband is the manager of the Twins and you're, be, you're going to be giving birth to twins. Yep, now they got to name them St. Paul and Minneapolis. That would be hell. <laughs> I would feel so bad for those kids. Oh man, I would too. Um, I think there's again, be- there's better cities to name your kids after, probably in Minnesota. Yeah. How about probably. um, how about Minnetonka? Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> that uh, would be one. Way. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a really cool one. Um, Garrett Cole had his two thousand strikeout uh, on Jorge Mateo, who came from the Yankees. Kind of funny. He's the 87th player in MLB history to, you know, reach the feet of 2K strikeouts. But the third fastest, Grayson, who is the other two? You said to 2,000 strikeouts? Strike, yeah. He's the, Garrett Cole's the third fastest. Who are okay. the other two? Can I get, like, a, a, a time frame on their careers? I'll give you this hint. Both okay. of them played in Boston. Okay, so Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens. Not Roger Clemens. Oh, Oh man! This, the the next guy is an absolute rage monster. Oh, what the fuck! He got big with the White Sox. Oh, Chris Sale. Yes. Wow, I didn't realize he was that fast to two thousand. Like I know he was great, but that's insane. Yeah. So, yeah, Garrett Cole, congratulations. I, I love it. It it He finally looks worthy of the pinstripes this season, except for I think he had th- – this game, actually, I think he ended up giving four runs, Oof. which sucked. But, hey, okay, strikeouts, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's tough. Let's talk about Bryce Miller. It seems like we have to talk about him every week because he continues to make history, but he's really doing it now, like really doing it. He's now had five consecutive outings of six-plus innings pitched and five or fewer base runners. He is, um, he's one of these outings shy of tying the longest such streak since at least 1901. Oh, wow. So if he gets one more of these outings, he will be tied at six with Jacob deGrom last year, Shane McClanahan last year, Clayton Kershaw in 2016, and Zach Granke in 2015. But that was at any point in those players' career. These five consecutive starts 
are the first five of his career. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, that is fucking crazy. Yeah, sky's the limit for that guy. It really is. I love it. Um, Let's see. Uh, is his name Oviedo? Is that how you pronounce it? The Pirates pitcher? Uh, Yeah, yeah, Oviedo. He had an immaculate inning versus the Rangers, and I, I have some cool facts about immaculate innings that I just thought were awesome. There were no immaculate innings between 1929 and 1952. Not a single one. Wow. I think there's been a hundred. Wait. Okay. I don't know if you have this stat there. I think there's been 114 ever, including his. I do not have that stat. Okay. Because I think that's the stat. I don't know why I know that, but I think that's it. I like it. Um, So none between 29 and 52. But there were seven alone in uh, uh, last year, last season. Wow. And I just fact-checked myself. I'm right. It it is 114, including his. Nice. (laughs) And then my last one, I'm just going to go in, you know, go into it because it's very quick. The Yankees are one of the hottest teams in this month. I think they're 15 and seven with the loss today. They're killing it. And I I absolutely love it because we don't even really have like a completely healthy team. And you know, I really uh, – this is actually one thing I forgot to talk about last podcast, but I was going to blast uh, CBS Power Rankings for putting the Yankees at nine because I, I'm going to be hard on my team here, Grayson. Last week, did not think the Yankees were ninth best. I, I, I don't think we're top ten. But, you know, this week and, and just kind of with how we've been in this, you know, whole month, we look pretty damn good, and, and it's making me very happy. Yeah, they look fantastic right now. I would – Certainly, at this point, put them in the top 10. Um, But, yeah, I I think we've seen great things. We're finally seeing this rotation kind of work itself out. The bullpen isn't all that bad. I I wouldn't say it's fantastic right now, but it's not all that bad. The lineup is hitting. Aaron Judge, right back to where he was at the very beginning of the season. We just talked about Volpe. Other guys across this lineup are just doing their jobs, and and that's going to work. Yeah, and, and another guy that I want to highlight, and probably I would argue the superstar of this month, probably either Anthony Rizzo or Harrison Bader have been absolutely phenomenal, especially Harrison Bader. Yes. I, you know, I, I feel like, uh, of course, this is coming from a non-baseball player, but I feel like a center fielder that's fast, has a crazy arm, can, you know, play center field well, but hit, kind of like Mike Trout, those are like, you know, one of the most valuable players you can have on your team. And I'm not saying that Harrison Bader is Mike Trout, He's hitting pretty damn well, and we already know what his defense can do. Yeah, he, he's certainly an asset, both offensively and defensively. Uh, I want to go back to this Rays-Blue Jays series real quick because the Rays, outside of that 20-1 to win, they took the other three of this four-game series, and it seems to have led to some internal issues for the Blue Jays. So it, it was reported yesterday that they had a closed-door players meeting following Wednesday's loss, and... Nobody knows what was said in that meeting, what it was really about, because the only person that was asked about it that I've seen is Matt Chapman, and he said that he's just going to keep the information between the team. Hmm. Is there is there a mutiny going on in Toronto? I don't know. It could certainly have to do with Alec Manoa being absolutely fucking dog shit. <laughs> you didn't have to go after him like that. <laughs> no, I will. I will every week that he continues to play like shit. You think that meeting was about him? All the players were just like, okay, man. <laughs> I would love it. I would <laughs> singled him out. <laughs> I would love if that was the case. Yeah, but none of the none of the coaches were allowed? 
Uh, I don't know if any coaches were there. It just said it was a players' meeting. Interesting. So yeah, that that was quite interesting. Uh, the athletics are back to making history. Of course, not the good kind. Um, they're tied, or they tied the record for the most losses through the first fifty games since nineteen hundred. Man, yeah, forty losses in their first fifty games. <laughs> That's just brutal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and to make things worse, they now have the worst run differential in the first fifty games of a season since nineteen hundred. Damn, and it's hey, by it's news. by like twenty. <laughs> Damn. They're winning right now, though. They are. Um, <laughs> Ty France put the Mariners on the board in like the second or the third with a home run, but looks like the Athletics are holding them off. Yeah, man, I, I feel it's not even like the Oakland a- Athletics are just like, well, no, they are horrible. Yeah, like, I don't know what you're going to try and defend yeah, here. I was going to say that, like, I, I just hate it for – that whole team is just depressing. You know, it's not like you're bad and you have a fan base. It's you're bad. You don't have a fan base. The team wants to leave. I mean, like, I, I don't hear many players come out and say that they're, you know, happy to play in Oakland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just seems to be the grounds of a bunch of young players and like traded prospects. It yeah. just seems to be like they're not making waves. No, not at all. And, and the only reason that I'm comparing um, the or the talking about the athletics is like the Browns, you know, when they were horrible through like 2014 to like, you know, probably 2017, at least before when Baker got drafted, they were horrible, but at least they had a fan base. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Browns are always going to have a fan base, but the Oakland athletics just have like quite literally nothing going for them right now. Yeah. And while we're talking about sad fan bases, uh, this White Sox homestand uh, was pretty brutal, and they're now showing the biggest year-over-year per-game attendance decline in baseball. It, they've dropped 5,379 to last year's numbers, down nearly 25%. So when I was in Chicago, um, I, I come from a family of White Sox fans because you know your White Sox are on the south side, Cubs are on the north side. And I think the reason for that is, is apparently your South side guys are a little bit more blue collar. Mm-hmm. Cubs guys are kind of more of the wealthier guys. And, you know, the blue collar guys are not going to pay to go see a team that's bad. They're not, they're not going to call off work and, you know, bust their balls to go see the team. So I thought that was kind of interesting to bring up because that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, it could certainly be part of it. Um, Mike Trout has now surpassed Joe DiMaggio for 85th all-time in home runs. He hit his 362nd of his career. And he is also fourth amongst active hitters. Luke, do you think you can name the top three? In home runs? Yes, active hitters in home runs. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Yes, he is number three with 382, tied for 69th all-time. Nice. Uh, Nelson Cruz is still active, right? Yes, sir. He is second with 462, tied 37th all time. You have one left, and it, it's a pretty obvious one, I'd say. Oh, no. I can't even think of anybody else. <laughs> um, uh, AL Central. AL Central. It's not. No, he doesn't play in the AL Central. Old player. Old player. Yep, he has played for the Marlins prior to the team he's on now. Um, 
Is it Salvador Perez? No, he didn't play for the Marlins. Not no. Oh, um, Miguel Cabrera is still active, isn't he? Yes, sir. He is number one is active, five oh seven, tied twenty seventh all time. Dang, Miguel on the Marlins. I can. I, I don't remember that. I don't think he played on the Marlins when I was alive. He was pretty. He? No, he definitely did, but he was pretty young. Gotcha. Um, that was pretty impressive, Luke. Yeah, no problem. I mean, well, really, th- no that misses. one's going to be easy for me because those are, I mean, those are my childhood yeah. guys. I mean, yeah. all in their forties now, basically. So, yeah, that was that was impressive, though. I'll give you that. Thanks for the quiz, though. That surprised me. Usually, you don't give me baseball quizzes. <laughs> I know. I, I try not to, but uh, let's get back to the A's because they're playing sad. It's sad, honestly. <laughs> and with their loss to Seattle on Wednesday, they dropped below a two hundred winning percentage. They're uh, ten and forty-one as we speak, currently winning in the uh, end of the fifth. But that puts them at a one ninety-six. They are literally playing below the Mendoza line right now. <laughs> oh man, indeed they are. That is brutal. Oh uh, god. All right, one last thing before we move on because this is just a, a wild stat here. Since nineteen oh one. There have been 5,052 instances of a team recording in a nine-inning game, 10-plus hits, four-plus doubles, or four-plus doubles and walks, and one-plus batters reaching on error. All of those teams recorded two-plus runs until the Giants only scored one on Wednesday. Wow. (laughs) So they're one of 5,000... And 52 teams in that scenario to have scored one run. Baseball is such a weird sport, man. <laughs> Dude, we talked about this, how statistics for baseball, it, it makes it so much easier to find these intricate stats because it's so defined on what things are. You know, uh, yeah. it's a hit, it's a single, it's a double, it's a triple. Like, that kind of stuff serves for such interesting statistics. I would say that that is probably like in my top three like favorite things about baseball is how intricate it is. Yeah. I, I, other sports should do it. I don't know why they don't. I mean, maybe it's it. You know, like it's I like how difficult. you brought it up. It's like a yeah, baseball is like a one on one sport. You know, I think is what you said. It's you know pitcher batter. So I mean, I guess it's kind of easier that way. But uh, Grayson, I got a question for you. Yeah. The quick Crete sponsorship on the Braves jersey. How do you feel? Uh... It just doesn't work on the the jersey. Yeah, what if they slapped Home Depot on there? <laughs> uh, like they could, but yeah. like it still doesn't quite work. Yeah, like, I, I need just... I need something that's at least Braves colors. What if it was Waffle House? Yeah, I'd, I'd take it. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool if it was Waffle yeah, House. Yeah, I would I would make an exception. I love it. You ready to move on to the NFL? Quite a few things yeah. happening. Let's let's uh let's tear through it. All right. Well, let's start it off with, you know, depending on what you think this, you know, depending on your interpretation of this, good or bad news, but the NFL owners decided to extend Roger Goodell through 2027. Um Jim Ursay was asked about uh, all of this happening. He said that apparently um Goodell's time as commissioner will end in 2027, but Ursay also said that it could be where they have a CEO of business and a CEO of like league operations and a commissioner of football 
because he said that they're looking to grow the business model of the leadership of the NFL significantly. So maybe Goodell's time as commissioner comes to an end in 2027, which they're really just giving him a few years to essentially train his successor, but he could still be involved with the operations. Interesting. Interesting. I I don't know how I feel about that. I I think Goodell is, um, it's just kind of a meme. I feel like that people hate him now. Um, I I feel like actually nobody has a real reason to hate him. (laughs) If I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, you know, there are decisions that you can just pin on a commissioner. This is where I'm at with Rob Manfred as well. Like at some point we all realize that they can't just do everything that we want them to do. And, you know, they're they're not just going to change their mind on things that people think they shouldn't do because it's not them making the decisions. Like Roger, Roger Goodell doesn't make a lot of decisions when it comes down to what we see happen on the field. It's mainly the owners. And I I was going to say, yeah, I don't know why we put so much blame on commissioners when the owners essentially run whatever they're doing. That's exactly right. Is it, is it seems like the important meetings for, you know, NFL business relations um, are like moderated by, you know, Goodell, probably moderated by the commissioner. But like it's it's the owners that come up with the rules and agree on them. It's them that come up with the ideas. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't have a problem with this. I saw people being like, why would they extend him? He's you know done a bad job, blah, blah, blah like the players hate him. That's not really the case. You know, yeah, we'll see a couple of players get vocal about certain things. But honestly, I I, I have a feeling that the overwhelming majority of owners, which they're probably not the best ones to go off of on a a, a person's, you know, decision making. But (laughs) obviously, a majority of the owners have no problems with Roger Goodell. He's done a lot of things in their favor. So, yeah, maybe the Players Association has a problem with him. You got a problem with Goodell, don't play. Yeah, boycott it. But they're not gonna. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, some very good news here, though. DeMar Hamlin was out on the field practicing with the team the other day, uh, participating during the individual workouts. No helmet, but otherwise looking just like any other player on the roster. What uh, amazing turnaround. Yeah, uh, dude literally didn't have a heartbeat on the field in, what, January? And now yeah. he's out there at practice five, five six months later. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. What a, a, a insane but inspiring story. Exactly. I, I hope he can build off of it. Cause I, and I know we talked about it a bunch when this whole thing was going on. He, you know, filled in the role of Micah Hyde extraordinarily well. I mean, he could probably be a starter on some teams, so I hope he can keep building off of that and keep getting better. Yeah, and just like every time I see his name, like I just think of that night. Like, okay, this this is going to sound – this is probably going to sound bad, okay? I'll just preface this, okay? But I wasn't alive for you know any kind of crazy, insane happenings news-wise. You know, I wasn't yeah. alive for anything like that. So this situation – is the closest that I can relate to like families huddled around their TV, like during like nine 11. Like I, my eyes were glued to the TV. I had, I had pulled up 
the ESPN coverage that um, it was like the halftime crew or whatever for that game had taken over the broadcast. I put it on in my car driving home. I got home. I sat down in the living room, turned on the TV, and was glued to it until like one in the morning. Yeah. Like I needed to know how it was going and what was happening. And I don't think I've ever done that in my life. Yeah. I, I've um I've had a couple of moments like that, but they weren't um <clears throat> they weren't really sports related. But uh yeah, I was at a restaurant with your brother when this was going on. Yeah. And that's having, right. having to find out about it through uh like, you know, what was going on on like, you know, like my notifications and stuff. It was uh unbelievable. And then whenever I got home from the restaurant, um, my dad obviously, you know, being a football fan too, had Monday night football on and sure enough, the the whole game was delayed. I mean, it was uh pretty scary. Yeah. Absolutely pretty scary. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. Um but let's move on to this. This was some interesting news. Had no idea this was really happening, but the NFL has expanded its global markets program to France, Ireland, Austria, and Switzerland. So I'm not too sure what this entirely means, but it appears they're assigning certain teams to international marketing rights. So the Saints have been granted international marketing rights in France, and the Falcons have been uh, have been granted international marketing rights in Germany. So what the Falcons release said is that it means they can do more there in those countries in terms of fan engagement and commercialization possibilities. So just kind of making these teams the official team of that country. Ah, so the NFL is assigning countries teams. (laughs) Essentially. I I like it. I, I can understand the Saints, you know, being in France because of all, you know, your Cajun stuff. But, like, I mean, how do you feel about the Falcons being in Germany? What What's the connection there? I am i don't know, but I'm just happy we got one. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Jags have, have uh, pretty much taken over London. I think that one's yeah. safe. Yeah. Uh, but there's really no telling who's going to get Ireland, Austria, Switzerland. Who knows? You know, it's just yeah. kind of up to whoever they want to put there. I like it. I like it. They should um they should look into well, I I'm sure they already probably have marketing rights in Mexico, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I wonder I don't know who you think in Raiders? Raiders it, in Mexico? Um possibly. Uh it could be, you know, the Rams even. Yeah. Chargers. Or, or the Chargers cuz the Chargers were in San Diego or even yeah. just the Dallas Cowboys. Or Houston yeah. Texans. That is true. But um, I think for Mexico, it's probably a little bit more all around. Yeah, since they're closer. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this was very interesting because I, you know, we've seen like the NBA has done a very good job with like global marketing and um, like in China and kind of across Asia, but as well expanding into Europe. And then um, I, I feel like I, you know, the MLB has done a great job with Japan and some of the um, South American countries. So I think it's very cool to see the NFL doing this. Yeah, I love it. I, w- I would like to see some players in the offseason, kind of like Najee in Mexico. I don't know if you remember that, but they put Najee in Mexico. Funniest thing ever. I mean, the kids loved him. Najee loved the kids. And it was just, it, it was amazing. I think they did like a play 60 there. Oh, and cool. uh, I would like to see some uh, big NFL stars go out to Europe and do some, some stuff like that. It's always fun to see. Yeah, that would be great. 
Uh, running back Adrian Peterson, a name that I haven't had to say in, in quite some time, has said he's not ready to retire. He said mentally, I haven't officially hung it up. Is there a place for Adrian Peterson in the NFL? I don't know. Um, Maybe in a league, you know, where we're seeing more of a two-back system kind of across the league instead of the Cowboys. Um, But I hate to say it. I mean, absolute legend. I mean, go watch him in his prime and you'll see what I'm talking about. But I don't know if Adrian Peterson is a running back two in the league. Maybe a third string, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't see him being picked up unless someone gets hurt and he's picked up to become the second string. Yeah, I, I could see that happen because, you know, Adrian Peterson's not a guy that I'm picking up in the offseason. You know, he I don't no. want to put him through, you know, an offseason program. I That's not what I'm doing to, a, a, you know, a veteran, uh, one of the best running backs that I've ever seen play. I'm not doing that to him but pick him up you know week four if my running back goes down sure what the hell i'm not gonna lose sleep if adrian if i sign adrian peterson he doesn't play well yeah and and that's another thing is even though i just said that you know he probably isn't a running back two in the league now he i mean nobody who would get mad at their team signing adrian peterson for treat exactly he's a a complete legend he's got to be fantastic in that running back room for the younger guys and i mean if if he doesn't play, there's plenty of stuff he can offer off the field. It's Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he could offer. No, nah, I'm, I'm not. not oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold myself back from that one. Almost went to the crime segment, but that was a very dark crime segment. There. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's why I'm not touching on it. So let's talk about Austin Eckler because the Chargers finally did something good. They finally made a move to keep Austin Eckler at least through the end of this coming season. Uh, they added about $1.75 million in incentives to his contract for this coming season. So just to break it down, he'll earn up to $1 million for total yards. So uh, a few different tiers there, up to 600000 for touchdowns. He'll get $150K for a Pro Bowl. And last year, based on his stats, um, he would have earned – the full 1.75 million. So if he has a similar season, he could be walking into a little bit of money and then walking the fuck out of there. Cause I would yeah. not want to be there. I'm surprised they didn't come out in the media and say some dumb shit. Like, I mean, we're not too excited about this move, but at least we got our star running back locked up. Yeah, but exactly. I, <laughs> but, uh, is there like a possibility that he holds out? Because, I don't I mean, think I so at this point. Him, yeah. I know I, they gave him incentives here, but like he could, <laughs> I think that, well, so this had to be agreed upon because it's going into his contract. So he had to have at least been like, "Yeah, if we do this, I'll play for you." Yeah. So okay. I don't think he holds out, uh, but I really don't see it likely that he resigns. Yeah, I, I don't either. They they would have to have a pretty incredible season, I think, for him to resign. Yeah. Oh, certainly. And, yeah, and a lot of convincing from his teammates. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the 49ers because, well, first of all, Kyle Shanahan is such a little troll. Like, he is just like a child. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll start here. He was taught, he was asked about his three quarterbacks, uh, you know, at the position with Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance. He said, we have two guys who are talented enough to have been taken in the top five of the draft. We have another guy who sure played like it last year. 
So obviously pretty happy with the skill of the quarterbacks he has, but it looks like Brock Purdy's rehab is on schedule and he should start throwing next week. But Shanahan was asked if Brock Purdy will be ready for training camp. And Shanahan's response was only God knows. Do the trainers not know? (laughs) I have no idea. I mean, are the people that, you know, are helping him rehab, did they not have a, you know, a time? (laughs) They're like, sorry, Brock, we're just going to have to leave this one up to the big men. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. And not Kyle Shanahan, God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, not that big man. Oh, man. That's funny. I just like, I think it's obvious that if Brock Purdy does come back for training camp, he's got to be QB1. In in my mind, he earned it last year. I've never watched Trey Lance play a football game for the 49ers and earn the starting spot. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, well said. (laughs) And then Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) He's not starting. Not over those two. But, you know, I feel like this is almost the best case scenario for the 49ers right now. In, In what way? In the way that they have three capable starting quarterbacks. Yeah, not Josh Johnson. <laughs> yeah. that. Well, then again, like last year, we didn't know Brock Purdy was that good Yep. until we saw him. So nobody would have assumed that they did have these three capable starting running back or starting quarterbacks. But I think now that we've seen Brock Purdy and, and we've seen glimpses of Sam Darnold be very good. He looked very good in a few games for the Panthers last year. And, yep. and Trey Lance has potential out the ass. So, you know, there is a ton going for them here. And, you know, we've talked about how this offense functions. They don't have to be the best quarterback in the league for that team to be successful. Not, not at all. Um, it's a very like I would say favorable um, offense to be a quarterback in. You know, you're you're not Certainly. really the superstar. I mean, of course, maybe if they had more of a superstar, you know, player, they might not like it as much having to run in a system as far as you know, like instead of being a superstar. But for what they have now, it's perfect. It couldn't be better. Yeah, certainly. Uh, let's talk about the NFL rule change. So me and Brock touched this a little bit on Tuesday or on Wednesday's episode. Uh, But they did pass the uh, rule instituting all fair catches and touchbacks come out to the 25-yard line on kickoff. So if you fair catch a ball within the 25-yard line on a kickoff, it will go to the 25-yard line to start. So now it's the same as the college rule. And the idea there is that it should be safer. But all week we heard that special teams coaches around the league were opposing this rule change. And it just seems like not a lot of owners were listening. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this rule either, honestly, in the NFL. I I really just don't like it, I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way too. And so it came out the teams that were against it. So the vote was 26-5 and 1. Uh the Ravens, Patriots, Bengals, Bears and Lions voted against it, and the Raiders abstained. Um uh, apparently Roger Goodell lobbied very hard for this rule change and kind of changed the mind of a lot of teams because um, this rule was supposed to be voted on on Monday, I believe. And then it got pushed back to Tuesday and all of the sudden Roger Goodell is out here lobbying all these owners to change their mind. Interesting. Very weird. Yeah. 
So um, this was an interesting take on this rule change for Packers first team all pro kick returner Keyshawn Nixon, who if you didn't watch Keyshawn Nixon return kicks last year, he's fucking fantastic at it. But he used the word irrelevant multiple times when discussing the new rule that gives a team the ball is a 25 if they fair catch it. He said, I ain't never fair caught anything. <laughs> that's that's the that's the kick returner I want on my team. <laughs> yeah, that is the mentality I want from every kick returner. Yes. Unless it's like a horrible late game situation where you should not run with the ball. Yeah, exactly. But head coach Andy Reid, Chiefs head coach, of course, in case you weren't aware, um, was asked about this new fair catch rule. He said, my thing is, where does it stop, right? You don't want to take too many pieces away or you'll be playing flag football. And that's kind of what me and Brock touched on on Wednesday. was like, at what point do we just keep doing these things that keep changing the game, you know, just by a little bit to the point where it all adds up at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. You can honestly say that about a lot of things. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there are things that are essential. Me and Brock went over the things that were essential, like horse collar tackles and, you know, hitting defenseless runners, things like that. Those are rules that need to be made, and those are moves that need to be outlawed. But, you know, they do things like, changing the interpretation of a roughing the passer. And it seems like at this point, it's been years since they made that rule change. Refs still don't understand how to call it. So at what point do all of these rule changes just keep like truly changing the course of games? Because this is a big deal when you think about it. If you're, you know, a talented kicker, it's late in the game. You've got to put it within the five to, you know, it's late game, not much time on the clock. You're going to force them to fair catch it, or you're going to force them to run down the clock on the kickoff. You kick it within, you know, the t- like 10 yards, and you force them to run with it. Well, now they can just fair catch it and be at the 25 as if you just kicked it out the back of the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. It almost, like, to me, kind of seems like, you know, they, they shouldn't have, like, a necessarily, like, an election process for new rules, but... I think anybody that has a job in the NFL, player, trainer, coach, owner, even the commissioner, let him vote on it too. Let them vote on the rules. Have it just be everybody. Of course, like that would probably make it a bigger deal, you know, since everybody in the NFL that has a job is participating in it. But I feel like that's the best way to get what is best for the sport is by who's actually, you know, seeing it every day, not just like the business guys. Yeah, well, I think that something that, could work would be, you know, in every voting matter, there should be three representatives from a team. In my mind, there should be an owner, a coach that doesn't have to be the head coach, just a coach and a player, a player representative that elects, you know, is elected by his peers to be their representative. And they go to all of these votes and they have a vote. And you still have this even number you know, all 32 teams have three people. It, it, you know, it doesn't change that much if there's that many people voting, but I think it gives more perspective. These owners don't play football. These commissioners don't play football. So yeah. why are they making the decisions? Exactly. And not only does it give like an extra perspective, it gives, a, honestly, dare I say, the perspective that matters. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like that idea. 
Certainly. Uh, let's talk about this weird news, I'll be honest. but So during Jets OTAs on Tuesday, uh, a reporter tweeted that Alan Lazard left the field with an injury and nobody followed it up. Nobody said he came back. Nobody said he was hurt. Nothing like that. And Lazard just took to Twitter himself to clear the things up. He said, I'm good, y'all. Not sure why they didn't report that I practiced the rest of the day at 100%, but I'm good, LOL. Just got hit in the gonads. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better, Alan. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Honestly. I would have probably left the field as well, just for a few minutes. Yeah. It is yeah. painful. It'd be very painful. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no way, you know, if you get, if you take a good shot, you're, yeah. you're not going to be sprint, full sprinting. You no. Know, like, even three minutes later, you got to sit down. I, yeah. I understand. You get some pain in the legs. You feel it in your stomach. Oh, man. It's killer. Stomach is the worst part. And also, I, I see that you didn't have this on there, but, you know, speaking of other Jets injuries, I think Aaron Rodgers pulled a calf muscle Yeah, a couple times. You know, which was kind of interesting. Of course, it's it's May, so it's it, you know it's going to be fine. But you know, just something kind of interesting that I heard. Yeah, I believe he was running sleds when that happened, which is oh, wow. weird. It's something that I believe the report said that Rogers had never done. What? What? <laughs> yeah, in his professional career, I believe, or at least not any time recently, uh, has he run sleds at practice. Well, what a great time to do it in probably your 17th year in the league, 39 yeah. years old. Hey, man, he, he is a brand new man. He might as well be 25 years old now with the Jets. That, honestly, that's a good point. Uh, let's move on to this because this kind of ties into why I uh, was a fan of the idea of doing NFL jerseys for top three, bottom three. Uh, Arthur Smith went on the Greenlight podcast and was asked if he likes the Falcons uniforms. He didn't come out and say that you know yes or no but did reveal that the gradient uniform will not be in the rotation this season which means we'll get three games of the falcons throwback so now our nightmares are over because i absolutely which, despise the gradient jersey which one is the gradient jersey uh look up falcons gradient jersey and you will certainly find it Oh, I'm just not a fan. I think it's hideous. I like that one. Right. I, and I, I've, I've told you about this before, and, and we're yes. going to get to it, but I'll go ahead and say this. The Falcons have the best jerseys in the NFL. I think that the national media would disagree. Probably, but I like it. <laughs> well, let's talk about something that the national media might – well, probably disagrees with, but I certainly disagree with. Davis Mills said that he does not believe he's in a mentorship role for second overall pick C.J. Stroud. He said, I'm still competing for that starting job. I mean, since I was drafted into the NFL, I've been in a competition. I don't think anything is going to change. You're an idiot if you what? think what? you're competing for a job from C.J. Stroud. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I respect him coming out and saying that he's not in a mentorship role. You know, he's being honest. But I mean, I I don't know. I, I think he, I think it is a competition there. I really do. Nah, I, I think it's so far and away going to be CJ Stroud. Like, think about it. Davis Mills couldn't even lose a game that he needed to last year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> think, yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. 
But would would you not argue that any quarterback that is drafted in a position like C.J. Stroud, you don't think week one it's a competition, no matter what? Dude, I think with the with the balls that the Texans had to do what they did at the top, you know, with that second and getting the third pick, with what they did there, if they don't start C.J. Stroud, then they've already fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I think C.J. Stroud should be week one starter, but I wouldn't rule out Davis Mills as far as, you know, if C.J. Stroud doesn't play well. I You know, I, I don't think they would necessarily let C.J. Stroud struggle, and then that would become the competition. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, from what I've seen from Davis Mills, uh, there's nothing really there that constitutes him remaining as a starting quarterback. I respect that. All right, I'm glad because... Let's talk about this one. Uh, Matt Corral said that he doesn't want to get traded by the Panthers after Bryce Young and Andy Dalton are now on the team. He said he's in it for the long haul. When that opportunity comes, he'll be ready. I respect this, but I I think that this is like he's going to be Bryce Young's backup, if anything. Yeah, and. I understand not wanting to be traded because he hasn't really gotten to prove himself. He doesn't have value anywhere. So the Panthers are really the only people that know a whole lot about Matt Corral. So staying there makes the most sense for him. I agree. I just, I I don't know. There really isn't anywhere else for him to get an opportunity (laughs) at the moment. So staying there kind of makes sense, but... With Bryce Young being the number one overall pick and, and you know, being so highly touted, and then Andy Dalton being still a solid backup option, it's going to be really hard for Matt Corral to get on the field. A hundred percent. But, you know, on top of the fact of him in it for the long haul, Andy Dalton hasn't got much left in the tank. So yes. he definitely, like you said, will be Bryce Young's backup. And I mean, who knows? Once upon a time, this guy named Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and his backup was Tom Brady. That's so, that's a fair point. Who knows? Well, let's talk about this. So, the odds came out uh, per ESPN's... I can't even remember what the FPI stands for. It's something index. But, uh, I think it's Football Power Index. Um, the odds came out to get the number one pick in next year's draft, and unsurprisingly, the Cardinals have the top two uh, in odds. (laughs) They're number one for their own pick and number two via the Texans pick. Um, But outside of them, a 13% chance for the Buccaneers to get the third in 11% chance for the Colts to get the fourth and a nine or sorry. Wait, I totally read that backwards. Yeah. Uh, The Cardinals to get the second pick via the Texans, 13%. uh, the Buccaneers to get the number one overall pick, 11%. The Colts, 9%. And the Rams, 5%. Do you really think the Rams are that bad? I do. Okay, and I mean, why? We'll see with the healthy Matthew Stafford, but, like, they still had dogs on that team. I mean, they played in a Super Bowl, right? And, I mean, added Bobby Wagner, too, and did not, you know, didn't really look all that great. So, I think it all comes down to how Matthew Stafford can bounce back for them. But other than that, I can see them maybe being like, if Matthew Stafford plays well, barely above 500 team. Okay. 
And then yeah. what about the Buccaneers? I think they're a weird case because obviously they don't have a good quarterback, but I think they've got pieces everywhere else that could make them at least a decent team. I, I agree. Um, I could see them being a little bit better than what um, the uh, what'd you what you say it was called the the FPI. Yeah, the uh, Football Power Index. Yeah, I, I could see the index kind of being wrong here with the Buccaneers. I, I think with no offense, but the NFC South, I think the Buccaneers could definitely get some tough division wins there, even yeah. you know despite kind of being shaky at quarterback. So I don't know. Who knows? I, I think they'll be better than pick three, though. Well, that's actually the third best odds to get number one. Oh, to get number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not going to get number one. That's what I was thinking. Uh, no I think way. the Cardinals certainly have a great chance, but... Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about this, kind of riding off the back of the Buccaneers. T- uh, Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay, pre- presumably starting quarterback, said that Tampa Bay is a no BS squad... It's all about winning. I don't know. I don't know how much they're going to win. I don't know either, but like, I mean, they they have guys that have won Super Bowls on that team. That's true. And they have Todd Bowles as their head coach. I really like him. Um, So I I definitely can see the mentality there, but I I mean, they're not going to win a lot, like you said, though. Yeah, I don't think mentality is the, the driving force in winning football games. Definitely not. But let's talk about Lamar Jackson showing up to OTAs. Look at this guy following the rules. Yeah, I know. But he attended day two with the Ravens, and it looks like he is real excited for this new offense with Todd Munkin. He said that he plans to be at the rest of OTAs to get this new offense down pat. And he was asked about what it's like to have a vocal OC at practice. He said it's not even just at practice, even in the meeting room. Coach is very active, he's talkative, and you're enjoying the learning process of what he's teaching us about this new offense. It's fun. How nice is it to see Lamar Jackson having fun? Well, I mean, you know. Okay, for you it's not. (laughs) For you it's not. But I I have to admit, you know, a former uh, UGA uh, offensive coordinator coming in there, it it does make me – you can get a smirk out of me with this news. Just a smirk. But other than that, um, fuck the Ravens. (laughs) Well, let's follow it up. Lamar said that Todd Munkin is giving him the keys to the offense so that you can change things when you want to. You see the defense, and it's not looking right to you. You see some guys blitzing. You might want your wide receiver to do something different. So coach is giving him free will. It, it kind of makes me think, was it not like that before? Even with how good Lamar was, was what, did he not have the keys? I really don't know, but it certainly seemed like he was not a fan of Greg Roman. Yeah, and I, I mean, to kind of follow that up is it, it does, you know, it, I'll be a human here for a second, not a Steelers fan, because Steelers fans aren't human. It does make me happy for Lamar's sake. You know, a young quarterback who thought that he might not play for the team that drafted him. And I will say this. It seemed like since day one, Lamar genuinely enjoyed being in Baltimore. And, it, you know, I would have loved it if the Ravens could not have gotten him. But for Lamar's sake, I think it is very good that he is staying with this team. He's locked up. He's getting paid a lot of money. And he's got an offensive coordinator that, you know, seems to really like him, really trust him. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, like, if I'm Lamar, I I am showing up to day two of OTAs. I mean, like, there are a lot of exciting things going on with this Baltimore team. Yeah, I'm excited to watch them. I'm sure you're not if they're playing well, but. Yeah, I I mean, 
it's just going to make the AFC North better. I mean, it's just going to be more competitive. So I I, I like it. I'm, I'm right. ready for the two. <laughs> All right. Time to end this off with a fun fact. Uh-oh. With the recent signing of Caden Smith, the Indianapolis Colts almost have a ton of tight ends on their roster. And I'm not talking a ton, like just a lot of tight ends. They have seven, which is kind of a lot. Uh, obviously, some will get cut, but a ton, like 2,000 pounds of tight ends. <laughs> the seven cool stat. <laughs> the seven tight ends on their roster right now combined for a weight of 1,756 pounds. They only need one guy that weighs 254 pounds to reach one ton of tight ends. Which is doable. Yeah, definitely a tight end. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a very cool stat. I like that one. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that on Reddit, and I was like, I can't just pass up the opportunity <laughs> to, to even say this. That's great. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for the NFL. Let's get into the final week of the Premier League season. What a, what uh, a time it's been. We, we it, started I'm... talking about it after the conclusion of the World Cup, and I've had so much fun kind of re-diving into the Premier League. Yeah, it's um, it's been fun to talk about it with you, especially like you know, it's um, and I'm sad to see it go, honestly, because I, I mean, too. we are we witnessed, you know, I I don't know if a lot of people realize it, but one of the most interesting and entertaining Premier League seasons of all time, and it's not even over yet because, yeah. I, like you're about to say, there are a lot of teams that have some high stakes here. Certainly, but one of my favorite things that the Premier League does, and, and I think other European soccer leagues do it as well is the last day of the season is one day and everybody kicks off at the same time. Yes. That is fantastic. And they didn't even do it a little too early. So us Americans on the East Coast get to wake up at a normal time and we get to watch every single soccer game happen at 1130. Awesome. I love it. (laughs) That is so great. And... I guess we'll just go ahead and get into it. We'll start with relegation. Because that's the biggest one that's up for grabs at the moment. So, Southampton has clinched relegation. Congrats, I guess. (laughs) But, (laughs) Everton, Leeds, and Leicester still remain eligible for relegation. But only one can stay up. So, Everton plays Bournemouth. Leeds plays Spurs. And Leicester plays West Ham. So right now, as it sits, Leeds and Leicester are tied in points at 31. Leicester has the advantage on goal differential. But Everton only two points ahead of both of them. So a Leicester City win and an Everton loss or draw clinches safety for Leicester. If Leicester wins... And Everton wins, you know, if Everton wins at all, they clinch it. If Everton draws and Leicester wins, no matter what Leeds does, Everton stays. Leeds would need a loss from both to clinch. Uh, and they would have to beat Spurs. So, it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, and um, I, I'm pulling for American United Leeds to, um, to pull out this one. I, I don't want to see any of my fellow Americans go down in the championship. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'm. I don't even care who stays up. I just I want to see Lester go down because I want Jamie Vardy to leave. Yeah, 
That that I mean, he he surely wouldn't stay, right? No, no shot. Yeah, because I mean, he hasn't even. I mean, he may have a connection with Lester, you know, being the amazing striker that you know won them the prim that you know one time. But I mean, he hasn't played well. He must not really be kind of a fan because they they did bench him for Ianacho this season. So yeah, I wonder where Barty would go if they got relegated. Yeah, I'm honestly not too sure. Um, let's see. So I guess that kind of does that does it for relegation. Um, well, I guess let's get some predictions. Who do you think stays up? I, I think it will be Leicester. Okay. I think it's just going to be Everton. I think, you know, Everton could definitely get a win over Bournemouth. Bournemouth just about as bad uh, as them. Uh, and you know, Spurs kind of has something to play for, so Leeds might have a tough day. And then Leicester versus West Ham, I don't know. I, I just I don't trust Leicester to score goals, I'll be honest. Yeah, the the thing though is I, I could see I could see Everton being a team that would fumble it. Yes, I could certainly. see Tottenham. I could see Tottenham being a team that would lose to Leeds. I mean, you know, they're great, but like they're they've been way out of form lately. As far as the other game, I think that one's kind of set. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Is I I I don't really know. It, it's set in the fact where I have no idea what could happen between West Ham and Leicester. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> there's really no telling. Uh, yeah. But the Champions League spots are all locked up as of today. Um, with Manchester United's 4-1 win over Chelsea. Sorry in advance. that That's brutal. But uh, it's we're not, we don't even need to talk about it. So, nope. Man City wins the league. Of course, they clinched that last weekend. And Arsenal uh, has clinched second place, even though they've lost two straight. Uh, Man U will most likely stay in third. We'll see. Uh, they play Fulham this weekend. Newcastle plays Chelsea. Newcastle is two points behind, but once again, it's not a big deal. They both made the UCL. That's all that really matters. And then the uh, and then Liverpool earlier this week, um, they or, so they had already clinched Europa League, uh, but they had the opportunity to pass Newcastle, but it would have taken a miracle, uh, and that miracle did not happen. So Liverpool has clinched the Europa League spot, and Brighton. Uh, just, I believe, yeah, on Wednesday, they clinched it with their draw with Man City. So, the only European spot left up for grabs is the one Europa Conference League spot. And it's currently held by Villa with 58 points. But, Tottenham and Brentford, right behind them, have the opportunity to steal it. So, at the moment, a Villa win secures it, obviously. But if Villa loses and Tottenham wins or draws, Spurs will get it If because of goal differential. Because if Villa loses, they'll lose a goal, at least in goal differential, and they're drawn on goal differential right now. So if Tottenham can just get a draw, they would have a better goal differential than Aston Villa if they lose. And if Brentford wins and both Villa and Spurs draw or lose, Brentford will be playing in Europe next season. Oh man. Without even Tony. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody but Tottenham here. I, I think it'd be so cool for Villa or Brentford to play in Europe. Yeah, and those three teams, 
Villa plays Brighton, which Brighton has nothing to play for at this point. Spurs yeah. plays Leeds, which we already talked about. They both have something to play for. And Brentford plays Man City, who honestly have nothing to play for and could be resting players for these big games that they have coming up to try and complete their treble. Yeah, is the I'm guessing the FA Cup final is before the Champions League final, right? Yeah, the FA Cup final is actually on this coming Wednesday, I believe. Oh, yeah, so definitely a, uh, an incentive to rest players there. If it was like maybe a week later, maybe you could get away with it, but you're still risking yeah. injury there. But yeah, Wednesday, for sure, rest your players. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, the Premier League season ends on Sunday, and FA Cup final, I believe, is Wednesday, and then I think two weeks from then is the Champions League final. I think it's June 10th. Yeah. Yeah, Look something it like up. That. June 10th, yep. So, this the ending of this season is interesting. You know, not as much up for grabs as we would have wished. I was really hoping for Man City and Arsenal to really come down to the last game. Yep. Because, you know, we all, we'll always yearn for another, like, Aguero moment. Anything like that. But, oh, yeah. you know, we couldn't get it. And, and, you know, we could see some heartbreak, for sure, between... You know, Everton, Leicester, and Leeds will see two teams heartbroken. But, um, yeah, I just I can't be happier with what we've seen in the Prem this season. Yeah, I'm sure you would, you could. Um, <laughs> oh, you could yeah, definitely be happier. <laughs> hey, but if I can, if I can, you know, have like a neutral perspective on it all, which is hard to have sometimes, it, it has really been just an awesome season. Yeah, between Arsenal and how well they played this season, you know, up until the end. And Erling Holland scoring as many goals as Chelsea has this season. Sorry, I had to. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> he, he's a freak, man. He I, I, there's no. I can't even really get mad at that. <laughs> yeah, and, and like the emergence of Newcastle and Brighton and Villa, even Brentford has looked fantastic at points. I'm just floored by the outcomes of this season. Yeah, it, it'll. It, this will be a season that's definitely hard to top. Yeah, but um, I think there's a lot to look forward to this summer. A lot of activity is going to be happening in the transfer window, I believe. Yeah, um, especially, uh, I, I'll even say it again, I, I think Chelsea could have a huge summer transfer window. In fact, I, I, I'm almost certain that they will. Um, yeah. With rumors of Aussie men and Volovich from Juventus, it's... It's going to be another exciting one for Chelsea fans, but uh, hopefully they click. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, across the board, there was a lot of players that showed up for maybe some teams that possibly just can't compete with the bigger names that are going to offer them. And, yeah. you know, I could see that for some of the guys from Newcastle and Brighton, Villa, like some of the guys that really showed out for those squads. It might be kind of hard to keep them. Yeah, uh, big time. I think Newcastle is going to have, uh, you're they're going to be a, a a frequent flyer on uh, on transfer rumor pages. I I actually almost disagree with that take, only because Newcastle now has the money to offer these That's guys. That's true. Of course, it's not you know they Newcastle doesn't have the name that you know like Manchester United has, but they have the money to keep them. Unlike you know your Brighton Brighton and Brentford's kind of kind of teams. That is true. I just more mean that like there were players on this team that were just so, so good this year that <laughs> there is yeah. going to be clubs inquiring at least. You know, Nick Pope, yeah. 
Nick Pope is going to get some inquiry. Uh, Fabian Scher, honestly, could get some. Kieran Trippier probably won't leave, but certainly a guy that'll get some. Sven Botman has been fantastic. Obviously, yeah. Miguel Almiron had quite the season. Uh, Bruno Gimaraish, like a, a ton of players. Callum Wilson, even 18 goals this season and five assists. But yeah, just a All lot, guys. a lot from that team that you know people will be looking forward to at least inquiring on, as well as Brighton. I think Brighton will surprise you with a couple of the people that might be leaving on some for some pretty big money. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of transfer news, I actually have this from my feed earlier. I didn't send this to you because I wanted to bring it up. Hopefully you haven't heard about it. If Mason Mount is to leave, he wants Manchester United. What? Yes. This guy he thinks prefers, he's starting there? Right? He prefers Red Devils over Arsenal or Liverpool. And I guess rejoining... Um, uh, oh my gosh, I always blank. Tuchel uh, in Bayern, which I know was another rumor. Uh, it You know, absolute bummer what has happened to him. Because he did not play well at Chelsea. Got benched. He's an academy kid. And I I really, really cringe hearing about him leaving the club. Um, but who cares? I mean, if he's leaning towards other teams, I guess, you know, there's nothing we can really do to stop him at this point, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He just, it, in my eyes, he doesn't have a spot on Man U. No, but Mason Mount from the Champions League team might have a spot on Manchester United. <laughs> who knows That's if they can true. re-unlock that. That is true, but, so. you know, Bruno Fernandes and Christian Eriksen played pretty decent this year. And yep. with the other guys in that midfield, you know, I I believe Sabitzer will be returning. Well, I guess no, he would. Is he on a? Uh, is he leaving at the end of this season? Was he just a half season loan from Bayern? I I don't know about that, or if he wants to make the deal permanent or not. I have nothing okay. on Sabitzer, so I don't know. I just feel like there's a, a lot in this midfield that would tell me that Mason Mount would not have a spot. Yeah, he he's known to be a winger two yes that's fair yeah so who knows what could happen with mason mount but if uh i've always been kind of one of the guys where no matter how big of a superstar they are if if they don't want to play for the team that i like anymore i honestly don't really care to lose them so if that's the case then see you later mason mount but i would like to see the club try to resign him yeah you know with him being an academy player uh, they obviously have a connection to him but, you know, if he's trying to leave, no use in holding him back. Yeah, like, it, it's just, um, <laughs> there's a picture of Mason Mount as a kid with, like, long Justin Bieber-esque hair. And he's, like, yes. standing beside Frank Lampard as, while Frank Lampard's a player. And it's just, it's so precious to see. And it's really sad to see where, you know, he um, he's at now in his Chelsea career. Luke, I hate but to ask you mean? this, but I'm looking at it right now. So, who was Chelsea's leading goal scorer? Do you know? Um, wow, that's actually a really good question. I, I bet it's a Bamiang. Uh, I don't believe so. No, Bamiang scored once. Oh, God. Um, hang on, let me, let me think of this one. It, it's probably not a striker, is it? It's not. Is it Christian Pulisic? No, no. No? No. Who is it? It's Kai Havertz with seven. Yeah, seven goals. Yep. Okay, and then Raheem Sterling is second with six. Yep. 
All right. Are you prepared for third? Play it on me. I'm going to be honest. It's going to take me a little bit of searching because, um, <laughs> yeah, I. Okay, I was just looking at somebody and now I just completely lost them. So, oh, it was Yao Felix who played half a season. How no. many goals did he score? Uh, four in 15 appearances. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, our offense is just a joke. Really. It really it was. Really uh, I'm sorry to have to point that out, but when I looked at it, I was floored. I, no, I, Chelsea, it, it's at the point where like they absolutely deserve to be ridiculed. I I've, I want to see something done. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. Yeah. Also, no, they, it, this is tough love. <laughs> also, I'm looking at the Premier League's like uh, squad page for Chelsea, and they have Ben Chilwell here twice, so I don't know what's going on. all All right anything else that you want to talk about with the prem um i guess any players you can see coming to the prem there's you know there's always gonna be some that's the thing i I think that i i would love to see uh victor ossiman on chelsea i think that would be fantastic um i think that you know, oddly enough, I think Arsenal could make some additions to this team. They they certainly had fantastic players and for fantastic performances from those players, but I feel like they could definitely bolster this team a little bit. Yeah, I would like to see uh, Ramos, the Portuguese uh, striker from Benfica. I yeah, think Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah. yeah, I think I earlier I I think I said in a previous podcast that I think he could go to Bayern or or no PSG, PSG. is who I predicted. Yeah. But um, he'd be cool in the prim, too. I mean, as far as I know, he had a great season. Yeah. One guy that I could see leaving at least his club, maybe not the prim, uh, Julian Alvarez from Man City. Yeah, he needs needs a starting 11 job somewhere else. Yeah, and and he could definitely start on a Premier League team. Um, Yep. I think there's a lot of them. It might sound weird, but I – actually, nah, nah, I'm not going to – I'm not going to hit, uh, you know, I'm not going to bash Harry Kane like that. He scored 28 goals. I can't. I was going to say yeah. that Julian Alvarez could go to Tottenham and make them better. but it, it honestly feels like Harry Kane didn't have that good of a season. I know, still, right? Still 28 goals. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like Spurs wasn't scoring at all. But when they did, yeah. it was Harry Kane. What about uh, Hillman's son? You think he could be on his way out or being replaced maybe? I don't know. Tottenham's certainly not going to get great value out of him. No, probably not. <laughs> but I mean, but who knows? I mean, he did not have a good year at all. Maybe yeah. there'll be a guy that's on his way out. Yeah. What do you, now that I'm just kind of thinking about this, what do you think about Julian Alvarez to Chelsea? Um, anybody that can score. I, okay. I think I'm, I'm all set for Victor Ozzyman, though. I, yeah. I love what Chelsea has been able to do with African players. I think that's a highly, highly underrated thing about Chelsea. And Ozzyman, you know, fits that. Uh, and I, I think he could be very good in the prim. All right. Anything else before we get into top three, bottom three? Um, no, I think we can we can go ahead and make some people mad. <laughs> All right. I'm prepared to do so. Yeah, me too. Always. Dude, after that one guy told us to not make lists anymore, <laughs> I only want to make lists. <laughs> Dude, me too. <laughs> like, I wasn't planning on top three, bottom three to happen every single episode, but I'm just enjoying myself so much. It, it it really is just one of the best things we've done. <laughs> it, it is, and um, you know, hopefully we can have some some controversial takes, and uh, 
I'll throw it up on TikTok and make sure to tag that one guy. But <laughs> let's get it started. NFL jerseys. We're doing all jerseys that were either worn last season or are going to be worn this season, excluding last year's Cardinals jerseys because they obviously came out with the new ones this season. So we didn't decide uh, who was picking on the top three and bottom three. Um, it's going to be you. That starts with top three because I started okay. last time. Sounds good. I couldn't remember. So. I guess I'll get this started. It's, oh, it's so clean. It's the Bengals white tiger alternate. It's so good. (laughs) It is so good. You can't deny it. It is good, but that, that one has been kind of tarnished for me. And and I don't want to take this, you know, to a dark place, but those were the jerseys that were worn when Tua just like, you know, was knocked out and had his hands all, you know, very graphic scene, and I, I I do not like to think about those jerseys. <laughs> okay, well, I love them. Yeah, no, I, they, they are nice. They're okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the next pick here. Give me the Raiders home jersey. Classic, and it's just the silver and black. I, I feel like it just it fits the team, and it just looks so nice. That shit is so average. What? Yeah. The Raiders home jersey. It is so boring. Okay, you could say the Cowboys one is boring. That's why they're not on here. But the Raiders one is clean, dog. Nah. All right. Well, nah. that was that's my first pick. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we're already disagreeing. <laughs> All right. My second on the top three. I have so many picks because I love so many of these jerseys. I think I'm going to go Chargers home. The blue jerseys. I love those jerseys. I actually just wrote down Chargers on my list because I would take any of them. Those jerseys are so nice. They're fantastic. And like Austin Eckler looks so athletic in that color. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, All right. For my next pick, I I am so glad that they are bringing back these jerseys. And it's not the Kelly Green Philly jerseys because those are overrated. Give me the Seahawks (laughs) 90s unis. I cannot wait to see these on. I mean, dude, Seahawks 90s unis are so underrated. I cannot wait for this one. They are very good. It just reminds me of Steve Largent. Mm. I love him. Solid. Um, Damn, I have some solid options here. Oh, man. This is tough. Hmm. I'm 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 split between three of them right now. I think I'm gonna go with the 49ers Scarlet alternate. So it's not just the normal red jersey, but it's the red jersey, but the numbers have like a drop shadow on it, so it looks like three dimensional. I just love it. I don't know what it is with that color, but I love that jersey. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that one kind of reminds me of like uh, Joe Montana. Like it's yeah. a it's a throwback alternate almost. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a. I totally forgot that, that jersey even existed. That's a good one. Um, I, before I make my next pick, let me you know because I just really went after Philly fans there, and they're not you know people to go after. <laughs> um, the Kelly jerseys are nice, but I just think they're overrated. That's my okay. take. Um, so man, I have a couple here. Steelers color rush is nice, but I'm not going to take them with this pick. I already said that I like the Falcons one. Maybe not the best, which I said they were the best, but they're definitely up there for me, especially the all-white. 
I'm going to go with the Jets black and green jersey. That helmet just looks mm. so good on this jersey. I love it. I do like that one. I like it. Yes. Let's talk honorable mentions at the top three. I like the Ravens purple jersey. I feel like Ravens, yeah. The, yep. purple isn't a jersey color we see all that much. And it looks very good with like the black offsetting it. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to keep it on purple. Vikings home jersey. Yep. And the only other one that I have is the Saints home. I, I know controversial pick not, to you, but a fan. <laughs> put black and gold on anything and I will like it. Fair I mean, enough. black and gold, I just feel like, is the typical man. Like, you know, if black and gold's on something, you're usually going to like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. So the other two that I was kind of deciding between um, when I made that third pick, other than Ravens purple, was the Lions blue home jersey. I like it. Blue and gray. I think it yeah. looks great. And then yep. the Bears all, all orange. I don't know what it is about that one. I just kind of like it. I like that one too. And uh, actually the Lions, what they wear on Thanksgiving, that gray and blue yeah. one where it's like mostly gray. I actually kind of like that one too. Yeah. All, all right. right. I'm going to kick it off with bottom three. Um, yeah. First pick, easy one. Give me the Chiefs home jersey. Mid. Oh, okay. Yep. Mid. I, I respect that pick because it's nothing, nothing crazy. No, not at all. Not at all. All right, I'm going Falcons gradient. I uh, just I, I hate to do it. I hate I hate. It. I just yeah. I can't stand the jersey. You stand with Arthur Smith on this one. I do. Yep. <laughs> oh man, I just I forgot I had this one on here, but <laughs> give me the Philadelphia away jersey. Now this one is absolute <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I I don't care about pissing Philly fans off for this one. The Philly away jersey is uh not the best. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Texans Navy. I think that's their home jersey. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, oh wow, it's like an outdated style. It, it's, it, it reminds me a little bit of what the Cardinals already had going on with that kind of like, like multiple colors, but just like in like weird detail spots. I just don't like it. What do you feel about the, the red Texans jersey? I don't hate it because at least red is like a, a fun color to see on an NFL jersey. I, yeah, I like that one. The Navy, I, I don't hate it, but I, I could definitely see it making a bottom three list. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Colts away. Just just too bland for me. Yep. It, it honestly doesn't look too bad. It's just too boring. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my honorable mention was all Colts jerseys. So <laughs> my final on the bottom three is the Broncos Navy jersey. I think they do a very similar thing to the Texans with this, where <laughs> yep. it's just boring as shit. And, and it looks so old. Like, it looks so old. Like, when I see that jersey, I think of Peyton Manning. He hasn't been in the league for a while now. Like, it, <laughs> yep. it's just outdated. I like that take. Um, Oh, man. Who do I want to go with now? Ah, hmm. Mm. I'm kind of stuck here. I, I have a couple. Yeah, give me give me the Texans away. <laughs> Fuck the, me Texans. the Texans away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for that red one. <laughs> yeah, except for red. Um, yeah, the, the Texans away. Kind of the same thing with the Colts. Is it, it really isn't that bad. It's just too meh. Yeah. Yo. Yep. All right. So, like I said, my only honorable mention was all Colts jerseys. I think they're boring as shit. Yeah, Philly fans, hit the TikTok comments. I dare you. 
dare. But uh, <laughs> I did just realize I totally missed one that I probably would have taken in my top three until I just thought about red jerseys. The red Patriots jersey is great. Yeah, with the with the alternate uh, or the um, the Patriot hiking the ball. Yeah, that logo. Yeah, that one's sick. Yeah, those um, ones are good. How do you feel about the Steelers jerseys? Because I looked at a lot of lists um, while I was making this one, and almost all of them had the Steelers in the top five. And I, I mean, I get it. Of course, bias opinion, I love our jerseys. But I, I don't know. I mean, top three? I don't know. Yeah, like there's about nothing about them makes me want to be like, yeah, those are fantastic. Yeah. Like, it, it's similar. I kind of feel that way about the Commanders as well, where it's just like, yeah, it's a jersey. Like the, It's not like a jersey where, like, if I had a player I really liked, that's the jersey I'd get. Like, like I would, I would buy a Jamar Chase Bengals white alternate jersey. I would buy... You know, a Justin Herbert or Austin Eckler Chargers home jersey. I'm I'm not buying. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite player from the Redskins, Brian Robinson. Wouldn't buy his Commanders jersey in any of their colors. And I probably, I'm going to be honest, I don't really have a favorite. Oh, I guess T.J. Watt. Um, I wouldn't buy one of his Steelers jerseys personally. I just don't I, I think it's a. It's not an appealing jersey to me. I mean, yeah, it's. Um, I I could agree with that. Um. Who is like? I, I mean, all this jersey talk. I know we just finished our list, but like, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm hyped up about this. Who is you think? Who do you think has the most underrated set of jerseys in the NFL? Not talked about a lot, but it's just clean. Um, I'll go first because okay. I, I have one in mind. The Buccaneers jerseys. Yep. That that gray and red one yep. on top of the fact they have like a cream sickle and they have a clean red home jersey, a clean white away jersey. They they. They're not talked about a lot, but they look good out there. Yeah. Levante David looks good in a Buccaneers gray jersey. Yeah. I, I don't I know agree. why that's the player that I think of in my head, but that's the guy. Levante David looks good in the gray. Um I'm trying to think, man. Like I, I actually I like the I like the Panthers jerseys. They they do have that kind of old style that I was saying I don't really like, but I love that shade of blue. Yeah. That's a good pick, and I, I have another one here. Uh, while I was making the list, I, you know, as I said earlier, I was looking at a lot of other lists from, you know, like NBC, CBS, and other people like that. The Commanders was almost always near the bottom, yep. but I do not hate their jerseys at all. I don't either. I think they're very, like, upper middle of the pack is how I would describe them. I Yeah, perfectly said. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think when they were the Commanders, they had better jerseys. Or not the commander, sorry, the Redskins. I Personally. I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. I think RG three made me like those jerseys. Oh yeah, if we're gonna talk about RG three, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when I'm yeah. talking, like there is certain players that just make you like a jersey, even if it's yeah. not that good. When I think of RG three, I always think him think of him during breast cancer week. For some reason, yeah. RG three with like a pink towel is just like that reminds me yeah. of uh, or like a like a pink headband. Yeah. Yep. I I definitely get that. I'm trying to think any other players that just like when I think of their jersey, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Like um like a TJ Watt or not sorry the JJ Watt Texans jersey. Even though we hated. The Texas jerseys, obviously. A TJ or a JJ Watt one looks good. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I like that take. <laughs> I think across all sports, that is just the case. I like I, yes. I don't I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. A Cristiano Ronaldo man U jersey from his first stint there looks so sick. Iconic. Yep. But I think soccer jerseys in Spain and Europe uh, across the board. That's a, that's a talk for another day. We already did our Premier League jerseys, but maybe maybe we'll talk some more. Um, yeah. I think that's going to do it for us, Luke. You got anything else for the people? No, no. Uh, that was a that was a nice and short one. I uh, really really enjoyed this episode a lot. This was very fun to record. All right. Well, I'm going to leave y'all with a fun fact that I learned today. Alabama has never defeated Rice in college football. <laughs> Get shit on Alabama. Yeah. I don't care if you haven't played them since like the 60s, I think. Has Nick Saban played against Rice? Oh, Probably. no, you just said no. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but I, be- I believe they're 0-3 all time against Rice. Wow. Horrible, horrible. Yep. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> That's my fun nice. fact. Oh, man. All right. Luke, as always, I appreciate you. For and sure. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening right now. Yeah, you. That person. <laughs> you, the, you. The listener. In your car or in your room with your AirPods in. You. I appreciate you, and I'd appreciate you a whole lot more if you're following us on all social media platforms, following the podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, comment, like, whatever the hell you want to do, I recommend that you do it because it makes me appreciate you that much more. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Bottom line, Mr. (laughs) You, if you're, you know, listening to us, why not interact? It's so easy. Exactly. Let's hear your opinions. Be opinionated for us. Yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, shoot us a DM. Tell us what you think. Give us a topic that you want to hear. We will gladly talk about it. So you, listening right now, we appreciate you, and thank you. Yes, of course. All right, Luke, that's going to do it for us. We will catch you next week, and me next week, just in a little bit less more days. That made no (laughs) fucking sense. I'm tired. It's almost midnight. Peace. Peace.